on today's episode of the Figueroa Files. Lots of Lakers talk. Lakers are in the midst of a six-game winning streak. Big win against the Celtics on Sunday. Talking about who's playing well, who needs to not play, and finishing up with some Kobe Memorial talk. All right, let's do it. Wednesday, February 26th, and the Lakers are kind of in fuego right now. Six straight wins, coming off a big win against the Celtics on last Sunday. Lots and lots to talk about. Who's playing well, who's not. Uh, Markeith Morris is here. Um, yeah, tons of stuff going on with the Lakers right now. Lots of good things happening. Lots of bad things happening too, but that's just the life of a Los Angeles Lakers fan. We love to nitpick. We can never be content with what's happening in front of us, which is hilarious. And I struggle that with that a lot, too. And it's funny to think about that, especially with where the franchise has been the past five, six years. Now that we've had some success, it's really funny to see a lot of people, especially on Twitter. I don't know if you guys are on Twitter, but Lakers Twitter, quote unquote, is a big thing. And it's just really entertaining to see what people get upset about and kind of what grinds people's gears understandably so but it's hilarious when people start thinking they're a better fan than other people because of their views of the team but um you know at the end of the day when you take a step back and kind of smell the roses as they say um you just have to be happy with the lakers right now they're 44 and 21 um breath of fresh air to have a record like that like I said, after the past couple of seasons. So really, really nice. You got to take the good with the bad. And it's just good to be cheering on a winning basketball team. I try to stay positive. There's stuff that pisses me off too, I'm sure, with most of you guys as well. But at the end of the day, you just got to enjoy where we're at. And we can start complaining when games start to matter in the playoffs. But um, let's get into it. Obviously, Big win on Sunday against the Celtics. Finally kind of have a, I guess you could say, signature win. I, 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 get, I don't really like calling it that. But a win against a team, uh, against one of the teams that has a decent shot to make it to the NBA Finals. And I think that's just good mentally for the Lakers. Um, a lot of people are saying it didn't really count because Kemba wasn't playing for the Celtics. But when Jason Tatum plays like that, it's always good to get a win. Um it's funny. I don't know. I watched that game, and, you know, AD ended up finishing with 32 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists. But he, I honestly wouldn't even consider he played well. I don't know. He missed a couple easy layups down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And kind of similar to 
this Pelicans game that happened last night. Um, Anthony Davis still f- finished with 21-14-3, and three, but he's 6-21 from the field. But that just, I want to touch on, that just shows how good Anthony Davis is. If his off night, this is an off night. He played pretty bad last night. He was, and he had 21-14-3. That's just the type of caliber of player we have which is just amazing to be paired with LeBron because we don't need to worry about LeBron. LeBron's going to do what he's going to do. And last night obviously speaks volumes to that. 40 points. Only 40 points with only two free throws too. That's that's pretty damn amazing, especially in today's uh, day and age. Um, Yeah, Danny, Danny Green, huge against the Pelicans as well. And I think that's a big X factor for this team. Danny Green only averages around 25 minutes a game, and um, I think going forward he needs to play more. He needs to play more towards 30 minutes a game. He's arguably our best perimeter defender, and I think that's going to help him get into a rhythm more. He's been struggling uh, the last month or so. Last night, huge game, 6 of 10 from the field, 17 points. I think playing him more and playing him with groups that have LeBron, I think that helps him get into a rhythm. He's been shooting pretty poorly so far this season, or at least the last couple of months. So it was nice to see him get a good game, and that's going to be a key. If we get Danny Green going, game over. The Lakers haven't been that great of a three-point shooting team, so it'll be nice to see them moving forward, getting into more of a rhythm. Um, The biggest takeaway from last night, though, is Caruso. It's hilarious. People think Laker fans only love him. Because he's this bald white dude. But Jesus Christ, this guy is such a good basketball player. He changes the game. There's been a constant theme in the last couple of games where Vogel will play Rondo off the bench first. We'll lose our lead, even maybe go down. He puts in Caruso, and we immediately go on runs. I just, I don't know. We're seeing it. Is Vogel not seeing it? And th- and he's an analytics type of guy, too, and the analytics are there. Rondo was minus 17 last night in the plus-minus stat. You know what Caruso was? He was plus 20. That's a 20-point point differential when Caruso's on the floor. And if we can see it, I'm pretty sure the coaches can see it. So it's about time Caruso starts playing more. He's, he's a phenomenal a crazy stat is Caruso and LeBron have the best net rating out of any pair in the NBA when they're on the floor together. That's absurd. Caruso, a guy that was playing in the G League last year. Guy plays hard, plays well. He's a great defender. He makes smart decisions with the ball. We love him because he's our GOAT. But it's time for him to start getting respect from the coaching staff. And it's like we have 26 27 more games until the playoffs. This is the time for him to start getting his feet wet before he's starting to play real games that matter. Um, but yeah, that was one of my main points that I wanted to get across in this episode was Caruso has to play over Rondo. Rondo, he's kind of in the same boat as uh, Kuzma. They're just way too inconsistent. And Rondo's old. So that coupled together isn't the recipe for success. Moving on to Kuzma, 
I just don't know with him anymore. I think we just have to accept him for what he is. He's inconsistent. He can't put together five, seven games of consistent play. And what bothered me last night is he wasn't playing hard. He wasn't crashing the boards like we saw a couple of games ago. He he did all right defensively on Jason Tatum in the Celtics game, but that's how Caruso and I've or sorry Kuzma and I've said this multiple times before. If he's not scoring, he needs to learn how to affect the game in different ways, i.e., offensive reboundings, providing effort on defense, cutting. He's one of the best cutters on the Lakers. And especially with people like LeBron, who's a pass-first player, find the open lane, cut to the basket, get a layup. That will get you going. That will help your shot start falling. Um, I, I looked up Caruso, or sorry, Kuzma. He's shooting 31% from three. That's atrocious. And that's what he was almost known for the past couple of seasons was his three-point shot. So... I don't know what more I can say on Kuzma. He's kind of just there. I think we know what he is. Right now, he's not going to be the third star of this team. It's just not a realistic option for him. Moving forward, and this is more speaking towards the playoffs, I think a question mark on this team, some would say, just because he hasn't really done it yet, is can we trust AD down the stretch in a playoff game? Especially when you think about that Celtics game on Sunday. Miss some free throws, miss some layups right at the rim. Can we trust him to be that complimentary piece to LeBron? LeBron's had the Dwayne Wades, the Chris Boshes, the Kyries to be there on all his championship teams. And I'm not knocking AD because I think AD's very, very good and one of the best players in the league. But we just haven't seen it yet in his career. So it is a question mark. But I think he's totally capable of doing that. It's not like he's some scrub that can't play. He's one of the best players in the league. But it is somewhat of a question mark just because he hasn't been there before. But I think coupled with LeBron, he's the Robin to LeBron's Batman. I think he'll be all right. That's just a question mark you guys might want to look at a couple games down the stretch for the rest of the season. Some other team news, obviously we cut Boogie Cousins, which is totally okay because if you haven't seen, the Lakers are going to let him work out at the facility, use the trainers. He can't travel with the team and he can't sit on the bench, but he's basically still on the team. So that's really good. And it's looking like he's just going to re-sign in the summer, which is all right. I didn't even want Boogie to come back this year. Because he's coming off three consecutive lower body injuries for a seven-footer. He just needed a whole season off. He wasn't going to be beneficial to the Lakers. He would have just messed up with the chemistry. He wasn't going to be 100% if he came back. I am all for the Lakers signing him next season. A full season off to rehab, to get in shape, and pair him with Anthony Davis and LeBron. That's awesome. So totally okay with him cutting, uh, that Palinka cutting, um, Boogie for Markeith Morris. I love Markeith Morris pickup. This is exactly what the team needed. They needed a wing defender, and they needed some fucking toughness. They needed a dog. They needed someone who can go harass Kawhi and Paul George and Lou Williams on the Clippers. This is a perfect signing. Um, and he's never really played on a team like this, too. So it's just once you get in an environment 
a championship culture, winning team, it's just going to raise your level of play. So I'm really excited for that. Um, and in other news in the buyout market, the Lakers have a scheduled meeting with Dion Waiters on March 2nd. Um, and I don't think that – I think that would be a good look. If he can buy in and come focused and not be fucking around and getting stoned off edibles on the team playing, I'm all for it. He's exactly what the second unit needs. Cut Troy Daniels. Troy Daniels doesn't do anything. He doesn't play. You can go look go look up how many DNPs he's had in the last 15 games. Obviously, there's a chemistry thing there, but how much does chemistry play into it when he doesn't even get on the court? So – I'd cut Troy Daniels, and I'd lean to sign Dion just because he's young. And if he can buy in, obviously he has to convince LeBron he's ready to do that. But if he can buy in, he'll be very beneficial to this team just because he'll boost the second unit so much. He'll have He's one of those really good players that can create for themselves. So that's just an added dimension to that second unit because the second unit doesn't really – we thought Kuzma was going to be this, but they don't really have a true guy that can go get their own bucket or play make for others necessarily. So I do like the idea of bringing Dion in if he's ready to compete and play and buy into the team. So it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers end up deciding to do with Dion, and I know J.R. Smith's name has been out there as well. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on with the buyout market. I was going to put a segment in this episode about Kobe's memorial, but I think I'm going to release just a whole Kobe episode in itself on Friday. Um, Kobe deserves more than just one episode, but yeah, we'll kind of be reviewing that a little bit and talking about how monumental it kind of was for Michael to talk and all that stuff. All right, guys. Thank you. See you on the next one. Rolling down Imperial Highway The big nasty red out of my side Santa and the wind's blowing high